0: we continue in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning we move to verse 11 the preacher who writes this says now discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it this is the word of God for the people of God So, do you remember a phone booth? You know, before you had a cell phone, you need to make a call on the corner. I thought they were all gone until this week I was in Utica Square and there was a phone booth. I went right on in to see if it really worked. I got a dial tone. Used to be a dime, I thought. It was 50 cents. So, I didn't have any change. Who carries change anymore? I didn't have any change to make a call. But it reminded me of an old story of a preacher who went into a phone booth to make a call and someone had been there before him and put a sticker its sticker said if you're tired of sin read John 3:16 but somebody else had been there after the preacher with a sharpie and written if you're not tired of sin call me at 555-1176 These folks in our scripture reading today are not tired because of sin, but they're not really tired because of discipleship, per se, either. It's never exactly clear in this letter to the Hebrews what the struggle is but clearly they are wearing down from some kind of persecution they are experiencing because they are Christians, because they've declared themselves to be a follower of Christ. Now earlier in this letter, the author writes to them and says, Keep your life and your suffering in perspective. Christ died, and you're not dead yet, so what are you complaining about, basically, is what he says. He also says you can interpret your struggles or your suffering as something like parental discipline from a loving God. And then the part we get to, not that he says here that God causes suffering but he's talking about how we can grow through suffering, that discipline really can be a help to us in our lives. This author's not trying to address all suffering in the world, but wants to encourage in a very specific way these disciples that he's writing to in their own struggle. So he says to them, think of Christ, and remember that God worked through His suffering So do not grow weary. Do not lose heart. Endure trials for the sake of a better future. Now most of us, maybe none of us, have ever really been persecuted because of our faith at work or by a government entity. That's not our struggle, I do not think, today. It seems like to me it's sort of on the opposite end of things. Rather than being too limited or oppressed in any way, we have so many freedoms. We have so many choices that we just get totally distracted from focusing on faith or focusing on what it means to be a deeply devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. One of you sent me an email recently. It was sort of a tongue in cheek scenario Satan talking to. His workers about how they can distract Christians from living a good faith, how they can stop us from being connected. Satan is saying, here's the plan. Let's distract them in their everyday lives so that they never truly develop a vital connection with God. Let's see if we can convince them that they need more and more and more. Let's see if we can convince them to work, 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 so they can spend, spend, spend. What if we can get them working six and seven days a week from daylight to dark? That will destroy their relationships, their friendships, and their family connections. Oh, that's a great idea what if we overstimulate them another one said what if we have a news cycle 24 7 so that we just pour bad news into their minds day and night anytime they turn on the tv or get online it's bad news and they're just overwhelmed surely that will help break them down another one said how about advertisements What if we just filled their inbox and their mailbox with one advertisement after another saying, You need this product, you need this one, you're not really beautiful or good enough unless you get our product, and just keep sending them and sending them until they're so overwhelmed they don't know what to do? The workers all began to chant, It will work, it will work, it will work. So, what do you think? Is it working? Is discipline still important to our spiritual lives? Do we still need to exercise discipline if we want to grow in our faith? If we're feeling a need for refreshment, perhaps part of the task for us is to exercise a little discipline in terms of our spiritual practices. This author's talking some about external suffering and needing to bring some self-discipline. I'm thinking more about how we look at our own lives, how we do some self-examination, and decide where we could exercise some self-discipline for the good, for the quality, for the fullness of our own lives. By the time we get to verse 11 that we read today, I think you can see the truth as it still remains. As the statement says, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time have you ever tried something then just quit made a long-term commitment or said i'm going to do this for so long and then just stopped most of us have done that we've made commitments and we didn't make it to the end We've made commitments, and something distracted us where we got off track, and maybe we even forgot until someone reminded us later that we had dedicated ourselves to something. I remember as a kid, in this time of year, the days got really hot, and we would play outside some, but by the middle of the afternoon, it was so hot, we would come inside, we'd play some card games or Monopoly, but often we got bored One of the things we would do then is build a tent village. Did you ever go to the linen closet and pull out the sheets and the blankets and then set up the chairs and then put a pillow on one end and then drape it over the couch and then a chair and another one and build a whole village? If you never did it, let me tell you, it's great fun. We would build our village and then go in there. We could play for hours and have a marvelous time until we heard a parental voice say time to clean up and then we were exhausted (laughs) we could hardly move we were so tired this blanket's so heavy maybe you've seen that in children maybe you experienced that as a child the hard part it's not the actual physical aspects of folding a blanket or cleaning up. It's more the spiritual and the mental commitment to do the good thing. It is the discipline it takes to stick with it. So often we fail to follow through. I think humans are pretty good at making big commitments. I think we do not do so well and following through in the day-to-day consistency of what it takes to be a person of faith, what it takes to grow in faith, what it takes to look to God every day, expecting that God wants to grow each and every one of us into more mature disciples, into people whose hearts and lives are filled with nothing but love. So often we want to take the shortcut. We want to take the easy way out if you don't think that's true of our culture you might think about the kind of advertisements we see have you seen one where you can lose weight without hardly doing anything but take a pill it's the easy way out you can get abs of steel in about three minutes a day that's what i've heard does it work No, but we see advertisements spending billions of dollars and all the research says we spend millions, sometimes billions of dollars to take the shortcut, to take the easy way out, to hope that it really doesn't require any discipline to develop the fullness of life that we all desire. This author says that even though discipline seems painful at first, The payoff is worth it. Listen again. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The peaceful fruit of righteousness. Now, righteousness means right standing. Usually right standing with God. The idea is if I'm in the right relationship, if I'm in the right standing, if I'm in the right position with God, then I experience abundant life. I'll experience the fullness of life. Whereas Paul wrote about the fruits of the Spirit, I will experience things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. I'll experience humility and self-control. I'll experience faithfulness in short Because I'm in a right relationship with God and I'm opening myself to God's guidance and direction I'm opening myself to the blessings of God in my life It's sometimes helpful to remember That the root word for disciple and discipline are the same Has to do with learning being a student or a pupil So I don't think it's too big a stretch To say that to be a disciple is to learn how to exercise discipline in our own lives. So in all these sermons in this series where we're thinking about the Olympics and going for the gold, becoming spiritual champions, as we're seeing all the advertisements leading up to these Olympic Games, getting ready to begin, I'm giving you a challenge to do some spiritual training each week. This week it is to exercise discipline to make a choice. Last week I talked about this a little about what we could do in our spiritual lives. I'm saying in any facet of your life, it might be a spiritual discipline, but in any facet of your life where you want it to be better, where you feel like there's room for improvement, choose to exercise some discipline this week. Give it a try. The mistake researchers say so many of us make is when we're trying to make a change in our lives, we just say, I'm not going to do this or that. They say that's not very effective just to try to stop something. You say, I'm not going to eat ice cream ever again. Anybody ever said that? Then had ice cream again, right? We try to stop things and they creep back into our lives. Research says there's a much better strategy, the strategy proven To be much more effective is to focus on what you will do, a positive step you can take, something that you're willing to begin to do in a small, incremental way. They say the best way to do this is to be very precise by writing down when, where, and how that new step is going to take place. We looked at this some last week. I think it's worth revisiting. If you can figure out in your own life small steps you will take toward God, it will make a big difference. If you can figure out small steps you will take in any arena of your lives toward a goal, it can be small steps that lead to a magnificent difference. If there's small steps that you can take over and over again, if you can repeat them, then they build a momentum in your life. That makes a difference. Back in the 1988 Olympics there was a great rivalry going on between two sprinters in the 100-meter sprint. You may remember these names. Carl Lewis was representing the United States and Ben Johnson was representing Canada. Lewis had been dominating the short distance sprints for some time in the early 80s he won the gold medal in the 100 meter sprint in 1984 so now here we are about four years later but in the meantime Ben Johnson at the world indoor track meet just before the Olympics had edged out Lewis and won first place so it was hard to know who was going to win in the olympics they both were running well they came through all the different rounds they're finally in the final together the gun goes off and they blast off you know these hundred meter races are only about 10 seconds long it's milliseconds difference but Johnson just edges out Lewis and wins the gold medal until three days later the International Olympic Committee announces that they're stripping Ben Johnson of his gold medal for illegal use of enhancement drugs. He was using illegal steroids, taking the shortcut, if you will, to try to win the medal. I reminded you a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, that in the early days of the Olympics, they all signed an oath. Part of the oath said that they would not cheat during the competition. Johnson lost his gold medal, lost millions of dollars in endorsements, but then maybe the most humiliating blow was when he got back to Canada. His own national government said that he would never be able to represent his country ever again in a track and field event he wasn't willing i would suggest to exercise the discipline to win the gold medal sort of reminded me of that old commercial you might remember where a mechanics trying to get you to buy an oil filter and he says you can pay me now or you can pay me later right and what he was saying is you can pay me a few dollars now and change this oil filter Or you can pay me later because I'm going to have to rebuild your engine because you burned it up. You can pay me now or you can pay me later. Or the way one business philosopher put it, I put it in your outline, this quote. He said we must all suffer from one of two pains. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. The only difference is that discipline weighs ounces, while regret weighs tons. Amen, and thanks be to God.